And joining me is Free Soldier. He is a local northern New Mexico musician, singer, songwriter out of Abiquiu. And he is joining us today to talk to us about his music and his art form, which is music or making music. Welcome, Free Soldier. It's such a pleasure to have you on our show today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I have to begin with your name, Free Soldier. Where did you come up with this name? And give us a little background on how you became a musician. So it goes kind of far back. Um, it's kind of based around the song by Bob Marley, um, Buffalo Soldier, inclusive of freedom and thinking of being free and what that really means. And so whenever my brother and I were starting out making music together, we thought we could would call ourselves Buffalo Soldier. And that didn't work because there was an artist out of the UK that was doing some reggae music um, with that name. And so I, as myself, decided just to start calling myself Free Soldier. And free, as in freedom, soul, as in the self, um, and Ja, as in like the universe or God or the one that that we all are a part of. So that's the beginning of where you got the inspiration for your name. Now, tell us a little bit about your background as a musician and also how you came to music. I understand you originally had an interest in being a journalist and, and was were quite accomplished in that arena in your early life. Yeah, yeah. So I went to school, actually, um, in college to become a journalist, and I wound up deciding not to pursue that and I went into um, building websites and stuff. This was the early days of the internet. I guess, well, that's internet 2.0, as they called it. Um, and so I, I guess I was a journalist in my own right, and I did um, photojournalism for concerts. And I would go and photograph concerts and stuff for a website that me and my brother had created. Um, but musically... I would say I got into music. I used to play the saxophone when I was in middle school. Um, but even before that, my dad was a busker. And um, for the summers, he would travel and busk. He would go to Arizona, to Prescott, Arizona, and go and busk for the summer and then come back home to New Mexico for the winters. And um, so I think the music definitely comes from being around him and he would come back with his guitar and he had a piano sometimes in the house that we had um he had a piano as well and so he was always playing music and my mom was always listening to um records and stuff and so uh yeah so i think i was infused with that that passion for making music and i didn't really start making my own music even though i learned how to play the sax and the i had the baritone sax um, and learned how to read music as a middle schooler. And I didn't start making my own music until I had left high school when I was in college. And once again, with my brother Simon, um, we kind of teamed up and we, we had a lot of like jam sessions and we'd record on like these old tape machines. And, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. So it was, at that point, music for me was kind of a, just a creative outlet that was more about fun than really like trying to um, produce stuff that that people would really enjoy or think that it was amazing or anything. It was more just out of out of joy. 
of making the music itself. And now here you are several albums later. What changed your mind to make you stop pursuing journalism and move toward music? Um, some of the, the things that I noticed and learned about in the school of journalism was the, the concept of gatekeepers and what what is allowed to be published and said on air and um, those concepts of somebody that's able to control and shape the narrative of of what the news is and what what can be shared um, is very different than an artistic standpoint of where, as an artist, um, somebody like Bob Dylan, for instance, who is a big influence, um, is able to speak honestly from his own point of view, uh, uncensored and there is no real gatekeeper other than the record company, you know, uh, and in his instance. But that idea of being censored and if I was going to continue to go to school and have to work for, say, a newspaper or a magazine and having somebody say that this is not going to be published because you're stepping on the wrong feet, um, I decided I would rather um, use that skill to write music and, and kind of be a... Uh, a music journalist and use music as the, the way to portray these stories, just like uh, Bob Dylan or Fela Kuti you know, or Bob Marley. What are some of your own favorite songs that you've written? That's a good question because a lot of times, like, I have a trouble remembering, like, titles too. And I think that's one of the weird things about the way that I make music. Um, I kind of, when I'm done with it, I've, it's finished. And I kind of move on. So I'll, I'll listen to it sometimes to hear it, but I won't necessarily um, remember the titles. So I might. there's some favorites that I can think of the titles off the off top of my head. Um, there's one called Solar System, which is soul, like the soul of free soul job, but solar system in the sense of um, the soul within us and that's a song that I really enjoyed, and I did that with a friend of mine in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, his name is Michael Collinsworth. And uh, let's see, what else? There's the, a whole album that I really enjoyed was the Peace Heart album. And so there's a few, quite a few on there, um, like Peace Comes One Day at a Time, that, that I think still the message, and it's kind of, it's kind of a silly yet serious song so there's a bit of silliness to it and the instrumentation of it sounds a little almost almost like hokey in a way but i think that in the way that i wrote it it kind of draws the listener in but there's still a serious message within that so i, I think that's something that i haven't done it enough of because a lot of the subject matters that i do deal with are kind of serious and there's like darker tones and that reflects in the music itself. But in that one specific song, Peace Comes One Day at a Time, I think it's more of a joyful, like buoyant kind of uh, vibe to it, which, which I truly enjoy. And speaking of using your music as a means to express your own message, let's take a listen to one of your new releases do you want to tell us anything about this before we give it a listen? This song, as you will hear in the actual song itself, 
is it's kind of a reflection, an artistic reflection on the protests that happened over the summer of 2020 and the murder of George Floyd by the police and the fact that it just keeps happening again and again, um, time and time again, just um, different people of color being systematically murdered by the police force who are there to supposedly protect people, but they are not protecting anybody when they're there and um, causing harm, physical harm, and um, causing terror in neighborhoods. So this that song is a reflection, and you'll, you'll hear uh, some of the news. There's a news clip in there as well to give a sense of where that song is coming from. I understand that you are not a fan of labels. How do we avoid getting into the bad cop label in fighting for justice in the black community? How do we avoid stereotyping the bad cop? Because I know there are some good cops out there. In fact, many good cops, actually, that are out risking their lives on a daily basis. How do we avoid not falling into the trap of labels? Um, I think some of that falls on their shoulders. And because they are public servants, there's the police unions that are a huge issue because they have become such a powerful force in the the narrative of what is allowed by the police. And I think unions as a, as a whole are very powerful institutions, um, but there has to be a sense of kind of self-awareness from the police within the police force um, and their image and what they expect people to see and so there's that responsibility lies on them and if they are going to consistently allow this kind of behavior within their police force and not only allow it but almost endorse it in a way that these officers that are acting violently towards citizens are not being punished their brothers and sisters in the police force are being silenced when they're standing up against these acts of violence. And that's not so much on the public's shoulders as it is on the police and their actions. And I think that's part of what the defund movement is about, is more about what is the actual need within the community for the police force? Where is that funding going? Because whenever we have the militarization of the police force, where they have these um, armored vehicles and these giant um, budgets with military grade equipment um, they're not there for somebody that has a mental health issue they're they are looking like they are there for war and I think that in itself deserves to be labeled by the public for exactly what it is and we look at what happened with the drug war and continues to happen with the drug war, it's a war on the citizens. It's a war on people with um, histories of trauma, and it's a war that is being funded continuously rather than actually helping the community. It's like smashing the community down and silencing voices and silencing what is, is need, needed to be said by people within the community. And so those labels, I think, are valid at this point in time. So I don't know if 
if um, calling what calling what is taking place is necessarily a bad thing because we do need to be honest about where we are currently with our police force. So let's take a listen to one of your new releases, and this is called Iterate. Protest. It has been since it started. This this iteration of it started about an hour ago. Right now, people are chanting, "I can't breathe," echoing the words of George Floyd. They are calling for justice, not only in this case, but in so many others where police brutality has resulted in death. What you see here is solidarity. People of all different races, all different backgrounds, all different ages. They all have the same objective. The ones on the bottom. Cause they standing up, up on top Us We're on the bottom while they stand on top of us They crush my throat And I can't breathe They crush my throat and I can't breathe So sick and tired of the power structure It's so fucked up gotta change it. It's gotta change. There's no way around it. If we want to be peaceful, if we want to bring peace, otherwise it's a revolution. Off the leash. You say it's off the hook, but nobody's off the hook. I want those mother just a sea of people and we know that many more are coming they all have the same goal in mind to let their voices be heard and that is something that this movement uh, feels has just not happened until now and therefore they feel this is necessary this is the pandemic you see all these people with masks on some are carrying hand sanitizer they made us feel less than think defund the police is a fairly strong label when you say the police why not defund the bad activity why not defund killing of innocent citizens rather than making it a person that or a name of a group of people that have to be defunded why not defund the action or the behavior that is hurting people yeah i i I tend to agree with that and i'm not so Sure, I'm not who actually came up with that slogan, the defund, because really it's more of like a reformation and a re-understanding of what is needed. And the reality is it should be like defund the war on drugs. And where where the war on drugs started was the anti-war movement and the, the anti-civil rights movement as well. So if we go back to the roots of that, 
and say, okay, let's let's call it what it is, you're right. To say defund, we could say defund the war on drugs. Because that's that's really where the police force became this militarized force. And their reasoning was, oh, we're stopping the flow of cocaine and crack into neighborhoods. But it's real um, methodology was to break up community organizers who were against the Vietnam War, who were fighting for civil rights. To to be honest with it, it, slogans really don't provide a full picture. So to have that label and say defund the police, you're right. It's it's a, a caveat that we fall into and people that are possibly going to instantly hear that and turn off and say, well, that's ridiculous because I want the police to protect my neighborhood. So it does shift the conversation possibly in the wrong direction. So I would say, yeah, using that slogan might not have been the best choice. I'm not sure who started it, but there is a real swell of support to start to restructure these these militarized budgets for the police force. And I think that's really what it's about. It's not so much about taking the police off the street. It's about redefining their jobs within the community. Or rebuilding relationships, I understand. Absolutely, yeah. And easing the workload, too, because they don't need to be called for every um, mental health situation. And they definitely don't need to be pulling their weapons when somebody is having a mental health crisis. Talk to us more about what it is that you don't like about labels. It makes one person see another person and kind of just define that person preconceived. So like it's a preconceived definition of somebody. So if I were to say I make psychedelic music, somebody already has that in their head. Like what is psychedelic music? So if they think psychedelic music is Jimi Hendrix, and if I don't sound like Jimi Hendrix, then that's a disappointment, right? So they have this preconceived notion of what that's supposed to be, and then they're disappointed by it. So I think if you take a situation and you're open to it and you don't have such a a closed-off view of what you're about to experience, um, I think it, it leads to better experiences. And that's, that's all around, not just within music. We're, right now we're facing a lot of turmoil and, and uncertainty, and I think if we are able to hunker down within ourselves and find strength and joy and something that brings you that and that sense of happiness, whatever it may be, whether it's making music or writing or uh, playing basketball or being in the community and a community organizer, if you find that joy, share it. There's a lot of room for learning about each other in that aspect of learning about what we're passionate about. And it really does open up a lot for yourself and for your community when you are passionate about something and you share that passion. And so I, myself, I'm passionate about making music, so I share that. And I work with the homeless. I'm passionate about helping people in need. And so those two things sometimes intertwine in my music. And I hope that over time people will um, stumble upon maybe some of my songs and they'll learn and from my passion and see 
that it's there and there's a light there, um, maybe to guide them to their own passion or to brighten their day, even if it's just for that one day that they're hearing the song. Talk to us about this passion for helping the homeless. Yeah, like I said, when my dad was busking, he would often be camping in the in the woods in Prescott, and so he had a sense of what it would be like to be homeless. And whenever he would be at my house when I was a kid, um, sometimes he would bring homeless people home for dinner, and it would just be like, okay, it's just a normal, this is normal. There's not that stigma attached, which now I see it um, while I'm working with the homeless. There's this huge stigma that somebody is, considered unclean or in the the caste system in India, it would be like the untouchables, right? So that never really crossed my mind as a kid because it wasn't what I was brought up with. When Once you stamp somebody with that kind of a stigma, it's really hard to take it away that things aren't as easy as just calling them something and then it's that, it's finished. Um, There's a lot more underneath that label and there's a lot more behind the person than just calling them homeless. You know, there's a whole story about how somebody wound up on the street. And and for each individual, it's a different story. So to just label somebody as that and consider this, the story over is really ignoring um, the full, broad spectrum of the picture. So these days, right now, I'm working with the homeless to try find them permanent, stable housing. And so that's that's my actual paid job on top of making music. And so it's something that, like, I never I never wanted to put my time and energy into um, things just to, to make money. It's more about how does it make me feel about my place in the world? How am I able to use my skills and my skill set to, to alter and change the world for to make it better, to make it, much more of a place that I want to live in and I want my children to grow up into. And so that's one way that I can do that is by working with the homeless and showing compassion and empathy and and pretty much just um, doing the best that I can to share that with people and hopefully to find them housing as well. And I think the more that you learn and if you're open to it and you're empathetic, um, as as being an observer, because as a journalist, you're kind of trained to observe and to get the full picture of what's going on and not just try to um, see one side of the story. I think the natural progression is to, to see that people get marginalized and people get pushed off to the side and they lose their voice or they were never given a voice or a, a place to voice themselves Um in the overall um, public, I think as somebody that does have a voice with my music or even with my skill set to, to work with this nonprofit organization, um, I tend to naturally say like, okay, I'm going to use my voice to, to assist these people and advocate for their needs. Rather than feeling powerless, I put that feeling and that sensation into the music to try to express that. And I just want to let listeners know we've been speaking with Northern New Mexico singer-songwriter Free Soulja, and his name is spelled Free Soul, as as in S-O-U-L-J-A-H, Soulja. 
Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Free Soldier. Yeah, thank you, MK. I appreciate it. And you can find him at freesoldier.com. You can also find him on theartshub.us and cabq.org, both nonprofit organizations that support and promote local northern New Mexico artists. And I leave you with one of his songs from his album Peace Heart, entitled About the Way We Live By. My cupboards are bare, I have nothing to share And I gotta tell you, man, 